Good afternoon and welcome to Broken for Purpose. And today on my show, I have none other than Javen Pitt. So everybody, give him a warm welcome. Now, how y'all doing? Can, can I hear you? Okay, I can hear you. So before we get into our little conversations, what I want you to do, people, is I want you to share, share, share. I want you to go in, share this, like, share, get in, get ready for your questions. Um, we are going to have an awesome show today. So, yes, Mr. We David. Are. Yes, we are. Yes, ma'am. How are you doing today? Long time, no see. I know, it's been a minute, hasn't it? It has been, been a minute. It's been a and minute. Look at you looking like your daddy and everything. Man, well, I, hope, I hope he ain't watching this. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he's not, I'll make sure he gets the replay. Man, look. Now, where are you located at, sir? Where are you located at? I am in Seattle, Washington. Did you say Seattleington? Seattle, Washington. Washington. Okay, there was a little shortage right there because I was like, Seattleington, yeah. what's that? Seattle, Washington. You getting yeah. rain down there? Uh no, right now it's been it's been sunny, you know, clouds, clear skies. During the summertime, about Mayish, about September is clear and sunny, and about uh -huh. October is gonna catch all the rain. Yeah, uh, well, good luck to you. I, I have some family in in the Washington area, um, but Seattle, Washington is different from like Washington D.C., right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely right, different, right? Two two different coasts. Two different coasts. Two different coasts. You know, I skipped some classes while I was in school, and so you know, there's some things that I didn't learn. So don't don't judge me. Okay. Okay, we're good. So we're good. I, I I got it. I got it. We're gonna talk about some great things today. I'm loving that shirt, black crowd and educated. Uh, oh yeah, one of my yes. favorites. One of your favorites. I love it. Now, we're going to talk about your company. We're going to talk about your vision. We're going to talk about you, what brought you, you know, to where you are today. Um, your hey, you. Uh, you know, every time I, every time I um, see or hear hey, you, I'd be like, hey, you. Because it was a cartoon that I used to watch that I let my dog you just, you just screaming at folks. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Screaming at folks with Hey you, hey. I know, man. I know. So tell me, give me a little, give me let let the people know who you are. Give us a little background on you. Because there's people out there that don't know you, but one day you're gonna be a household name. So so tell us about yourself. Um Javen Pitt, um born in Wisconsin, raised in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh been in Seattle. Okay. <laughs> been in Seattle for the last three years. Um, okay. It's been a journey. I mean, yeah, it's, okay. it's been a journey. I don't know what more I can say. Okay. Well, if that's all you want them to know, I'll dig a little deeper for them. Don't worry about it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm nosy. So, you know. So, I know you said that uh, <laughs> that you've been in Seattle for the last three years, but mm -hmm. I knew you when you were a young tot, a young a, a young totter totter uh, in Fort Worth. So what what took you to Seattle? Why did you go to Seattle? 
you know, Texas is Whew. big. Yeah, Texas is big. Um, so this is where the that can of worms start opening up. Um, I, I got to prison it. for four years. Yeah, I went to prison okay. for four years. And um, when I got out, I just wanted to do something different. I wanted to get out of the norm. And so um, some people argue that, you know, Seattle was an implanted uh, something. I will get to that later. But um, I just came to Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. And I came here with nothing. I barely, I didn't have a job. I barely had a place to sleep. And uh, yeah, it's been an awesome journey the last three years. Now, I know sometimes when, uh, I know you said you went to prison for four years, and I know Mm -hmm. sometimes when uh, we go through some things or bad things or troubling things happen to us, sometimes we feel that we we can't outlive. Was that one of the reasons that maybe because of whatever it is that you went to prison for, people here, that would be all that they saw and you maybe needed a fresh start? Or did that have anything to do with your move? Uh, yeah, but it was more than just prison. Like growing up, mm-hmm. um, growing up the way I grew up, um, it was always a battle back and forth between um, between things. And so mm-hmm. I got tired of growing up being seen one way. I always mm-hmm. was in and out of trouble, and mm-hmm. then went to prison and just was like, you know what? I'm ghost. I don't have to be around family to be successful. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Well, so when you when you went to Seattle, how old were you when you got there? How old are you? I'm 41. Are you 41? I didn't realize that you was that old. Yeah, it be. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, no. I, just I turned... really thought you was a lot younger than me. You're not all that Mm-mm. much younger than me. You like six, seven years younger than me. Okay, I could. I don't know why I thought you were still in your thirties, like early mid thirties. I mean, I, my, I wish my knees were still in the thirties, but they not. They, you they old. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah. You you old as dirt, like me. Man, okay. Look, nah, nah okay. I ain't that old yet. Okay. Yeah, no, no, you that old. Uh, so let's, let's, let's rewind. Um, you, you, you went to college, right? Did you go to college? Actually, I just started going back to school. I actually started school on the 27th of Okay. Well, congratulations on that. Congratulations. So then then let's rewind back. Back when you were younger. Yeah. We're going to go all the way back. Back when you were younger, what, where did you see yourself before the trouble, before Oh, somebody said you cute. <laughs> he all right. He all right, Felicia. Don't don't build his head up. <laughs> back, back before all that, when you were young, uh, and just believed everything was peachy, where did you see yourself? In the Air Force as a cardiologist. So you wanted to go to the military and work on people's hearts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And so when did you when did you see that not being the road that you were going to take? 17 um when I caught my first no yeah 17 when I caught my first felony 
I was, okay. um, well, actually, I wouldn't say my first felony, but 17 when I got in trouble. My first felony wasn't until I was 19. Okay. 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 Yeah. And so did you, once that happened, did you think that, were you trying to rethink things, what you were going to do, or just were you just rolling with the punches? Um, you know, I never really thought about it going back that far. If I was say, if I were to think about it right now, I, I was just going with the punches. So when I was 16 years old, I walked out of my pop's house um, mm -hmm. and I was, I was homeless for a few months. And mm -hmm. then my mom sent a, I think a bus ticket or a flight to come get me. Uh, mm -hmm. And I went back to Wisconsin. Um, but even then, like at that age, I was a tyrant. I mean, mm -hmm. I was a tyrant. I mean, you know, you you watched me grow up. Like, I, I was. <laughs> hey, I don't want to say nothing, but you know. <laughs> nah, look, look. One, things, one of the things yeah. that I pride myself in is that I'm as open and transparent about anything. So, like, right. I, I could care less about people knowing that I'm a tyrant, but I was a tyrant. Um, yeah. And it wasn't, it was when my mom, me and my mom beefed and she kicked me out the house December in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. So you oh, already know cold. how that, it, it was <laughs> yeah. cold and snowy. It was cold and snowy. Yes. Yes. And so I just was like, skip it, you know, mm -hmm. be whatever it is I'm gonna be, you know? And I mm -hmm. never looked back and it created it created the the ultimate stop when I was 34 when I went to prison in Texas. Mm -hmm. So okay, let me ask you this because, like you said, I do I do know I do know you, um, and I know your family. And how how was it? Because I know you grew up in church a lot, and mm -hmm. how how did it did that have anything to do because you know a lot of times we as young people we as kids especially when our family is always 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 in church uh that that makes uh that gives a lot of the the umption for us to act out um because i know i have some friends that their parents were always in church and they didn't feel like they were getting the attention that they felt that they needed and so they mm -hmm. acted out trying to get that attention did that have anything to do with any of your issues or any of your uh, thoughts or anything like that? Um, I would say yes. A lot of it was attention. I remember the first time when I was when I was fourteen years old, and um, the uh, I started speaking in tongues, and I was fourteen, and nobody taught me what was going on with it, and so. Mm -hmm. There was some other stuff that happened in the church. This is when we were on. This is when uh, the church that we went to was on South Airs, and um, it was a lot of it was a lot of attention because in '93, when my dad gave his life to Christ in St. Louis after my cousin died, like our dynamic of our house changed. Like I was 13. Um, I think my babies. I think Takia was like two, two or three. And Shantae was five or six. But the house dynamic changed immediately. It wasn't no gradual. It went from one day I could, I'm listening to my doggy style tape, Snoop Dogg, 
in the house. Now I'm having to hide it in my locker. And there were certain things I couldn't watch on TV. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. the dynamic changed. And in the dynamic that changed, the the relationship, especially between me and my dad, changed. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, um, and it was. A lot of it was, it was just... As, as you grew up and you're trying to get back into the church life, growing up black in black churches, you're taught how to have church. You're not taught how to have relationship. And so okay. growing up during that time frame, and so growing up, it was always a trying to impress my father, but losing the true identity in trying to be in a relationship with God. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it was, and it just grew up, you know, so, so yeah. Okay. So let, let's shift to, out of all your experiences, everything that you've gone through, everything that you've overcome, how has that led you to what you're doing now? It was the four years in prison. Mm-hmm. Um it was it's so funny. A lot of people don't even know. They know I went to prison, but a lot of them don't mm-hmm. know. I went to prison for almost practically taking a woman's life. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was just one of those. And if you take everything that I had been through from the creation, from the time I was little to that age, to the time mm-hmm. that everything happened at 34, it was just an explosion of all the stuff that was buried down in me. Um, right. And so as I got out of prison, I realized that men's mental health is a unspoken subject, especially in black and brown communities. A lot of men will not talk about being molested, um, talk about suicide attempts, addiction to pornography, um, so many other stuff. And they won't talk about it because our society has created the mentality that you, you a man, you got to suck it up and this and that. And, uh, uh. and the problem right. is, is that it creates a bunch of hypersexual, hyperviolent men that don't know how to express themselves. And a lot of children, a lot of women, and even their community are suffering from it. So when I got out, I was determined to understand mental health for men. Right. Um, at, first it was, at first it was just, you know, a hey you, my first post was just a hey you type thing because the company at the time was called Hey You Inspirations. Um, and it was just a, supposed to be a nonprofit to kind of just, you know, get stuff. Within the last two weeks, all of that changed. Okay. How has um, it changed? It changed because I no longer wanted to hide behind Hey You Inspirations. Hey You Inspiration was just a platform. Now that I am growing, constantly changing. I realize that I need to be the face and I need to use my name, period. Javen Pitt is the stories behind Hey You Inspiration. It's the, it's the, you know, well, these are the different dynamics and stuff. So I decided like, no, I'm not doing that no more. So as of like yesterday, Hey You Inspirations is no longer in, and it's just JL, JLP Enterprises. And it's going around um, 
raising awareness for men's mental health, for black and brown men, um, creating a space, creating workshops um, and um, seminars on understanding it's okay to not be okay as a man, mm -hmm. you know, so. So when, when, because I, I work in mental health and so um, I see, I see it every day and um, it, it's in, it, it seems like that hiding emotional emo, emotions, especially in men, um, hiding um, emotions that may make you seem weak or less than is ingrained, you know, it's like from the crib that, so how do you, how do you get people to want to make that change? Because when something seems normal, you know, it's hard for, it's hard for you to convince people that they need to change, you know, that maybe the way that they're doing it, it can be done differently. So how do you, how do you expect to get people to realize that it needs to be a mind shift, especially, um, you know, I can't speak for other cultures, but especially our black men. By saying, hi, my name is Javen. I was molested, suicide at 25 attempt. I was addicted to pornography. I misused women a lot my whole time. I was never there for my children and I'm okay. That's it. Because what we fail to realize is that everybody wants something different. Everybody wants to change. You can, me and you can lie to each other all day long. My dad was talking about it yesterday. I, was talking, I had a conversation with my pops and it's so funny. He was talking about math. We were talking about masks and I'm reading a book called True Face um, right now. And it's a funny how we can sit in a room with each other and we both have masks on right. and we're hiding from each other because we don't want people to know who we are but it, you can't hide to that you can't lie to that person in the mirror everybody has a mirror in their house and everybody right. looks in that mirror and wants something different they're just afraid that if they actually do something different they're going to be talked about but everybody wants to do something different so it's like, it's not really hard to have a mentality change because it's like, well, well, if he can do it, yeah. And it's, it's really that simple. We overcomplicate things. Yeah, but now what happens, just playing the devil's advocate, what, mm -hmm. you, you know, a lot of us care a lot what other people think. Um, mm -hmm. a lot of us care a lot about our reputation, about how other people see us, especially when you get to a point, you know, uh, where you, where you're trying to do something, you know? And so how do you get past that mindset where, okay, I can't really be upfront and honest with people because they may look at me different or they may judge me or they may do something. I mean, how can you change, get past that roadblock? Again, it's, uh, so I deal, I work, I worked for an organization called Choose 180. Um, and I deal with 18 to 24 year old troubled youth of all types of fashion and, and whatnot. And I created this thing called the five, five and five. And mm -hmm. what I, what I, one of the lessons I wanted them to do is to write down five positive things about themselves, five negative things about themselves. 
And then I want you to spend five minutes in the mirror writing down everything that you see. Mm -hmm. The next day when we talk about it, yeah, they'll tell me about five, the five, their five positive and five negatives, but it's that five minutes in the mirror that breaks them. Mm -hmm. Because we fail to realize is that no, the reason why we don't accept who we who we don't accept who we are because we don't mm -hmm. know who we are. Okay. So if you write, if you take five minutes to look at yourself, and you write down all the good and bad that you see within yourself, who mm -hmm. in the world can tell you any different on who you are, or what you do? Because now you have all these lists of what you see about yourself. There's not a person in the world that can tell you now who you are or judge you or say that they look at you any different because you have this list that you wrote down of who you are, good and bad. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Once we get to the point of understanding who we are, no one can tell you who you are. No one can judge you. They can judge. Yeah, please go ahead and judge. But it doesn't change on what I see in the mirror. So, but how do we get our kids to that point? You, it, it, honest conversations, honest and open, transparent conversations. Because one of the things is that as I got to my forties, I realized that my father and my mother have a backstory. Because when you grow up, you, you we were taught that our parents are superheroes, and they're not. They're human. Like we don't realize that our parents have had childhood trauma they've had you know things have gone on with them and they spend so much time trying to avoid teaching us about that instead of actually teaching us yes my daughter isabella she went the whole four years with me and she'll ask me about it there are times she'll ask me about well dad did, yeah baby this is what i did i'll hide it from her for what because well she eventually now, gonna find out now, about it now but wait a minute because then my question goes, is that there, I, just, just my opinion, because I'm a parent, um, and there are just some things that I don't feel um, about my past uh, that my son needs to know everything. Because some things uh, I don't feel like I'm ready to share those. So, and then there was a time at the age that he was in, I don't think that he was ready to hear that, would know how to, uh, you know, compute exactly what I was saying. So I, now I, I have to say that I do think that there's a time and a place and that oh, yeah. uh, age appropriateness. So I don't think that, and this is just my personal opinion, um, I don't think that kids need to know everything because they can't handle everything. Exactly. And I agree with you on that one. It's just that when she came to me, she had already came to visit me in prison. She mm -hmm. would come okay. multiple times to visit me in okay. prison with my family. So it wasn't like she didn't know where I was right. at because right. she had to go through the security system and all that. So she gotcha. But she didn't know why I was there. Gotcha. You know, and so it's one of those things that we if we take the time just in our lives and everything that we do to actually just pay attention to what we do, we change the dynamic and the direction of where we go. You know, mm -hmm. we, we, the mental health aspect, especially for men, is our society creates a dynamic for men that went all the way back to the industrial revolution.
Like men started depleting in men's mental health going all the way back to that era. Because men were in the house. They wake up, they would, you know, they get the kids up and they would go outside and till the land and they get their son and they out there with the horses. As soon as the industrial revolution was created, the depletion of men started happening. For example, there are 962 cities in the state of Texas. 962. If the prison system was a city, it'd be number 17 in hmm. Texas out of 962. There are 180,000 plus men currently locked up in the Texas penitentiary. If you multiply that by two, which is the average number of kids men have, that's over 360,000 kids just in Texas along without fathers. And it's the it's a, and that's just the state penitentiary. That's not including federal or the weekend dads or the ones that sit in the county jail. The men's mental health is is very important. In 2018, 48,000 plus people committed suicides. 80% of those 48,000 were men. There's no outlet because our society is constantly shooting at us through commercials, through sexual content, through how we're supposed to live, through I'm a man, and they're constantly, we're constantly being shot at on a daily basis. And then you also have the dynamic of the extra independent, strong woman who continuously say men ain't if, but why? It's not just one-sided. It's a, it's a, it's a many layers of different things on men's mental health that are being shot at. And a lot of people won't take the time. Men and women don't have conversations like they need to anymore. They don't have open and transparent conversations. They don't, men don't know why a lot of times they do what they do. They just know this is what I'm doing. I'm a man. This is in my DNA. This you, is blah, 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 blah. When you say they don't know why they do what they do, extrapolate on that. Cause how can you get to a certain age and not know why you do the things you do? See, that's the thing. You you get to a certain age, but you, it's been so embedded for so long. You're on mm -hmm. you're on robot. It's mm -hmm. until something happens to you so dramatic, until something happens to you to where you're actually done, that this mm -hmm. light bulb comes on. Because we're taught mm -hmm. we're taught from little kids. How many times have parents whooped their sons and told them not to cry, or I'm gonna give you something to cry about? Mm -hmm. You can't hit a little boy and expect him not to cry. You can't, because if I hit you as a grown woman, and if I hit you hard enough, you gonna cry. So why can't that little boy cry? Okay, so this sounds something like um, some parents need parenting classes. And, and it's, it, 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 again, so many different layers because a man's, a man's mental health affects how he operates in a intimate relationship, how he operates in his children's lives, how he operates in his spiritual life, how he operates in his career, professional lives. It, 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 it all goes in every different many layers, you know? And there's no right or wrong answer. There's no, well, this is what it is. It's a, I got tired and that was it. I had to go back to the four-year-old Javen and say, hey, it wasn't your fault that you were molested at four. It wasn't your, I had to go back to the six-year-old, the 13-year-old, the 25-year-old, 
whatever age that I felt broken in, I had to go back and face that person because a lot of times it's guilt. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of times it's, it's, it's having to go into there. And a lot of times we don't want to deal with the pain. It hurts too much. But if you can get past workout pain, emotional pain is just the same thing. It hurts deeper, yes, but you got to get on the other side of it. You got to so, get on the other side of pain. So then the question would be, how? It's a subject that someone has to tackle. Someone has to be willing enough to stand up and say, you know what? I'll tackle it. My only job is change is to change 1% of any type of dynamic. Just 1%. We try to fight we try to fight the world and try to kind of like the judicial system. Mm-hmm. Working in nonprofit sectors, I realized that we're fighting the judicial system only one-sided or one direction. We want to we want to prevent people from going to jail. We want to try to lower things. The way you prevent people from going to jail is starting at home. You want to prevent someone from going? Let's train not let's let's not only talk to the youth, but also talk to the parents. I've seen a lot of people being from coming out of prison People don't realize the number one, one of the number one reasons why people go back to prison is their support system is harder on them than they are themselves. You gotta get a job, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, or you ain't gonna never be nothing and this and this and that. And so you're constantly beating an already dead horse. And then they go back because it's like, well, I'm not gonna make it out here. You want to fight that system. You want to fight any type of system. You're going to have to start with the home. Have those conversations. I had a conversation with my dad at 39. I'm like, I need to know. I need to know whatever it is that I'm that y'all been telling me between my mom and, and you. I need to know. Like, just stop. I need to know. And my dad opened up and we had a conversation that never had. But it was because I got tired of going back and forth. I got tired of being in the middle. And sometimes people don't even know they're tired until somebody says, I know you're tired. Or even in the church, we have this concept that we have to walk around. Well, how are you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. No, you're not. You're not. You're not blessed. You're upset. You're hurting. You're pissed off. You're all of this stuff. Stop putting on these masks and stop walking around, talk to the people that could help you. Church folks do it all the time. They hide behind, I'm blessed and highly favored. That's not, that's not the question I asked you. How you doing, baby? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how you really doing? And then you see the tears come. Oh, okay, that's, that's what I thought. Let's be real. One thing that this crazy milk crate generation has shown us, mm-hmm. It's, 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 yeah, the milk crate. I just, I had a young adult, I had a young, I had a, I had a young adult just do the milk crate challenge and I'm like, bro, you, uh, anyways, anyways. So one thing that this generation has shown is that they're not taking that mentality of, I'm going to just sit back and hold it in mm-hmm. anymore. 
This generation expresses. This generation talks. They open. They may not be, some of them may not do the smartest things in the world, but they won't know until they try. I don't know who created the milk trick, milk crate challenge, but now the whole world is doing it. But like, oh, I could get it. Well, go ahead. But then they're dying. <laughs> but then they're dying. It's like, <laughs> right. But it's now, like they're willing to try. Now, some of that needs yeah. to have some, um, you need to, there's always a balance. You have to be willing to try, but have some common sense, you know. That, that too, now, that too. That's but it. here's 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 my question and here's my little issue is that yes it, it starts at home yes it does but nowadays though you you have to some parents are not in the home because they have mm -hmm. to work because they have to provide um and so you have the children that sometimes are basically raising themselves not because mm -hmm. their parents don't want to be there, but because in order for me to put a, 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 a roof over your head, food on the table, for you to at least be decent, you know, I have to work. Uh, I don't have, I, my child is grown. He's 32. But I still work two jobs to make ends meet. So imagine when you have other people that are like depending on you and it gets hard. So then how do you how do you make that work? How do you how do you balance that? You know? You what you do is is that it's kind of like as I as I grew in this organization, one of the things that I realized is that, and even with myself, I challenged myself to get into a better relationship with my daughters. Mm -hmm. Um and I'm two for three right now. Um mm -hmm. I have Isabella and Amiria. Zola is my oldest and every day i just wish that she would allow me to be her soundboard like the first day that i get a hold of her i'm not saying nothing there's nothing that i can honestly say i haven't been there you're 21 i've never been there for you it's that dynamic of i am tired of talking to other people's kids so why not create something that teach men how to talk to their own kids and, and create mentoring programs that would actually do mentoring. No, the number one thing that a person wants in life is just to be heard. That's it. They just want to be heard. They want to be heard. They want to be seen. They want to be understood. And as I grew in this position, I understood that I started understanding more on, okay, let me listen to my daughters, even Bella at nine. You know, let me listen to Amiria. When, when and if Zola comes, I will listen to her. It's just listening. Yeah, we're parents. Yeah, we, you know, we will. But we also have to realize that we're not, we're human too, and we're not perfect. And so creating that space, creating a trust, creating the area age appropriately and grow them into that to where they can trust and come talk to you. Creating, okay, well, you know, I'm at work, I got work two jobs, but Mr. So-and-so is down the street, he gonna come in and check in on you. It's our job as men to make that available to single parent single parent homes, because like, yeah, yeah, mentoring ships, go in there, let's talk, let's do whatever, because it takes a village. When I moved here at 38 years old and in Seattle, I found my village. And it's so funny, like, well, it's not just children. I have a village that raised me the last three years to be where I'm at today. Right. And I accept that. 
Because at the end of the day, you're still somebody's child, no matter how old you are. And so if you stop learning as a child or you're like, you know, I just, I'm, I'm a man now, I'm learning nothing else. Oh, go ahead, let me find out how that works out for you. You'll be <laughs> successful, but you won't be, you won't have that inner peace. So creating that space, creating that space to where men can go out and be mentors and be, and, 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 and have stuff available to those that are a single parent. It's easier than it sounds. It's easier said than it's done, but it, it has to be done. It has to be done, especially in black and brown communities. So where do you see JLP Enterprises? That we yep. said? Where yep, do you yep, see yep. that? Where where do you where do you see that um, going to help? To help that happen, it's 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 cre it's challenging men to dig into a place into their life that they feel like, or oh, I can't go there because it makes me soft. It actually makes you more human, more of a man by dealing with it, because there are people like like there are other men out there that want to have conversations with other men, and that's is creating that space, creating that David and Jonathan type space where. What's so funny is, is that when you read about J David and Jonathan growing up, you automatically thought they were gay. <laughs> and you're laughing, but it's like, it's a thing like, oh, they too soft. They crying with each other. They, they didn't kiss on each other and this, whatever, whatnot. And it's like, no, that's a bond. That's a friendship. Women do it all the time. Y'all get together, open up a bottle of wine, and we'll talk about everything. Men get together and talk about butts boobs and sports that's it they won't talk about the issues that man look i'm thinking about really cheating on my wife and i don't even know why like if men can get to that depth of conversation and not be like well man look if i was you you know test the waters no okay first of all i need you to go over there <laughs> find that man that actually like you know bro so why are you feeling like this what's going on why have you done this because everything always has a backstory. You don't just wake up one day and be like, I'm gonna be a cheater. There's a backstory to it. Everything has a backstory. Now, in order for that to happen, it's gonna take it's gonna take vulnerability. So how how do you get a grown man that has never felt that way or trusted somebody enough that way ever? How do you pull them into this? How do you get their mind shift to change? I mean, how? I, I understand you have to have conversations, but these are these are. It's easy to mold young men. It's easy to young young boys, you know. But when you have grown men that are stuck in their ways, but a change needs to happen because they're toxic. How do you pull them into that? How do you get them to trust? You just go. You just talk. Like I said, we overcomplicate it. It's, it's, it's not as complicated as we honestly think because talking from a male perspective, vulnerability creates healing. Transparency, there's strength and transparency. As, as the thing I say is that there's healing, there's healing and vulnerability, there's strength and transparency, and there's power and integrity. It's just talking. Something so simple as, is, and it's just talking. I was part of a program in prison called the Prison Entrepreneurship Program. And we went through this thing called, um, 
men's life where, you know, they talk about, you know, unpacking, you know, uh, father wounds, mother wounds, unpacking things. And you'd be surprised on how many men, now this is a room full of 90 men broke up in different little small groups inside this building. And all we did was, all we did was talk. That's it. You put men in a room, throw something out there, two or three of them will start speaking. It may take a couple of visits before another one decides to feel comfortable. But when you see another man being vulnerable, opening up about stuff, there's, he eventually, and it may take three, four, five sessions before he says, man, look, I know I've been quiet, but I got something I've been trying to say. There's a reason why he keep coming back. There's a reason why he keeps coming to this program. And it's because he eventually, it, it's always been a man's mind. I mm -hmm. want something different. Mm -hmm. And it's just talking. That's it. So as a woman, what can I do to help? What do you do to help? Yeah. What do we as women do to help? What can we do? How can Ooh, we turn the child on? Ah, ah, this out. Ah. Nah, nah. Um, Siri's look. Siri knows he's talking about. This is what I found. Um, <laughs> that is a whole dynamic in itself, because the the way that society views men, the way that women view men, and even the way that men view men are all three different dynamics that somehow intertwined and has gotten so mis miscombobulated. I believe that once a man starts becoming vulnerable and starts using the foundation of healing, the conversation between men and women will change because now they're starting to view them in a different light. Because now men will understand, oh, so this is what she really was talking about the whole time, you know, and vice versa. Like women will start looking at them like, okay, you know what? I didn't know you had all of that going on in you. Because there's conversations that men and women been together forever and they still don't know each other because they're still hiding from each other because of the dynamic of I'm a man. I ain't got to do this. Woman, you say what I you just do what I say versus, okay whatever but when you have those deep intimate rooted conversations you realize that there's really no difference when it comes to emotional state now women may be more emotional but there is a dynamic there this is what i've been through this is what i want this is how and speaking it up i'm gonna tell you i this is gonna sound really bad i'm 41 years old and i never knew how to date i, I never when I picked up this book and I'm at home reading it by myself, you ever just read a book and you want to fling it across the room? Like, just like, I don't want to do this reading this book. Let's <laughs> 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 this book, man. <laughs> all in my business for no reason. Like, I didn't ask you for all this. I need you to just teach me how to be a man. But it goes so much more. 
it, it goes into a deeper dynamic of understanding that, you know, I feared marriage based on what I saw growing up. Now I'm at an age where I want marriage and I don't even know why. Like, and it wasn't until my daughter, my 19 year old daughter, she said, dad, oh, by the way, I'm starting to talk to somebody. I may not legally can carry guns, but let me go ahead and call my cousins real quick. Cause, uh, <laughs> and I asked her, I said, do you, well, do you even know what you're doing? She's like, no, like, do you know what you're looking for? She said, no. So then I got off the phone. I'm like, wait, do I even know what I'm doing? Like, I ain't never really dated, dated. Like I accidentally tripped into relationships and then <laughs> it's like, but that's what, that's, that's what, that's what it that's what we do that's what people do they don't date they see somebody they like somebody they go out to eat they sleep together and now they've been together forever and they don't even yeah, really you're in a relationship like and i'm like i don't even know and then you try to figure out how to get out you just spent so many years in this relationship and you're like <laughs> god dog so it's it's funny starting over again with this book and understanding mm -hmm. it's conversations like this it's admitting at 41 years old as a man, I never knew how to look for anything, you know? Mm -hmm. And this book may not help, but it's just one of those, I never had a guiding post. I never had mm -hmm. values or structure around that. And most men and women, especially in black America, don't. They, they don't have yeah. guiding posts. So to go, to go back to your, to, to answer your question though, is like, yeah, it, it's just as simple as a conversation. It's here's a space, here's an invite. You can come or you can't come. And if you don't want to come, that's on you. If you do want to come, just be prepared because it's going to get heavy. Hmm. Okay, okay, okay. I can, I can get with that. So with that being said, once, once you is this is this going to be a do you see this becoming something nationwide is it local uh do you see it snowballing into something else uh how do people help you if maybe they can grab your vision and want to run with it with you you know what what how do you get this off the ground how are you going to get this moving to gain momentum it's well, it's so funny. Um, it wasn't until I put my two weeks notice in and I walked away from my current job to realize <sighs> my sister. I, okay, I see you, Takiya. I see you with Kiki. purpose. Yeah, yeah. With purpose. You know, right, let me. Yeah. You know what? Time out. I have to say this. I love her. I love. Oh, her. I love my sister. I love her spirit. I love, I love her. But you know, I've loved her since. You know, some kids. Some kids is just bad. You'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> but I have <laughs> this little girl I have loved for the last 22 years. She is sweet. She is kind. Her uh, her outlook on life is amazing. Um, she's wise beyond her years, you know. Oh, yeah. So I have to say, y'all got some good lineage. I love that little girl. And I know she's a grown woman now, married with children. But I love her. I absolutely love her. I had to say that. Now back to you. Man, look. <laughs> I, that. So it's so funny. So let's 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 step off of this. So you're looking at two ends of the spectrum. I'm the firstborn. 
I saw all of the stuff between mom and dad. And then when Takiyah was born, she's the last. And right. you look at her and you can see the complete difference of single parent and loving godly parents. Like mm -hmm. Takiyah is the ultimate perfection of what two godly parents look like. You know what I'm saying? Like she was mm -hmm. raised in a way to where she was, she was practically an only child growing up, you know, mm -hmm. cause we were all grown, but watching her transform and morph, you know, there'd be some times where like she, I'm like, Hey, Hey, you can't be all out on, on Instagram with your little uh, heels on. I, cause I still see her as this little bitty girl, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Running around these pigtails, beating up on everybody. But she she's a dynamic, grown woman, and I love her so much. I love how she raised those kids. And even in her story, like, yeah. she's experiencing so much being a, a, not only a stepmother, but a mother. And right. the way that her foundation is so strong. Like, I just, I'll be watching her on, on IG, like, I mean, let me go get some popcorn. I'll be like, let me go get some popcorn. Let me take some notes. Let me take some notes. <laughs> she is so dynamic. I love her so much. Um, but <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, so the the concept is is hey toy. Um go ahead. <laughs> the concept is is creating the space like i don't it, i see it i see it snowballing um i have a vision of hitting all 50 capitals in all 50 states and okay. at least putting a footprint um i don't know if you saw one of my t-shirts that has a fingerprint on it one of my t-shirts no. has a finger one of my t-shirts has a fingerprint on it it's actually my thumbprint um and it's my, 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 the motto basically for JL is to leave your fingerprint on the world by changing the narrative they see. Okay. Because right now the federal, the FBI have a certain story that they're telling because of the fingerprints they have of me. So I'm taking that story back and I'm changing the narrative by i created the t-shirt i created the fingerprint you know thumbing it whatever would not because it's like I, I have to change the story it's not too late to change the story right. and so by by it's going to it's going to grow having seminars going into places to speak going into prisons going into like i even had an idea of going into corporate america and teaching this even to the men there because again men's mental health basically overlaps in every single area of their lives. If your mental health is not on point, then you you could be a tyrant as a boss. You could be, you know, saying a tyrant as a husband. You could be a tyrant as a father. You could be a tyrant as a friend because you're holding on to all of these subliminal, all this root, all this stuff, and you got to get to the bottom of it. So it's going to grow massively. It's going to grow massively. And when it does, 
I just hope and pray that God gives me the strength to hold on to it because, I mean, it's not mine. Like, honestly, it's not mine. He gave me this idea. Um, he also told me to get rid of Hey You Inspirations and to just be the face of it from this point forward. Okay. So um, if somebody wanted to help you, maybe donate and, you know, where could they reach you? How do they get a, t get a hold of you? They, How do they help uh, you? They can help. Um, that's that's a great question. So um, I will send you. I know, right? I will send you because all this happened. All this happened. All this happened uh, within the last two or three days. You know, and even okay. this morning, I was like, "Wow." Um, so I would have to set up a a whole new form. Um, me and my business partner right now are working on the LLC. Um, that should be up and running by next week. Um, I'm actually headed to a, a luncheon to talk more business to get it up because when I mean to tell you, I'm looking for, I'm, I'm starting workshops. I have all the material. I have all everything that I need to do a workshop, to do seminars, to do the aftercare aspect of it. Um, so yeah, they can also, if they want to reach me, they can reach me at javenpitt at gmail.com. Um, that's my personal email. Um, if they want to contact me to set up for speaking. Um, they can call me at 206-300-1546. Um, I do not, please do not be texting my number. We not, we not doing no dates, no date nights. We're not doing that. <laughs> Don't be trying to slide into my DM or nothing. Well, I'm, let me tell you something. You're going to have to get you a whole different number for business and for personal. Well, see, you know, it's so funny. One of my... One of my mentors one day, she was like, your life is business and personal. Like, life is what it is. Like, there's no sense of having two numbers. It is what it is, you know. And well, don't tell them people not to be texting. I, I was being, I was today. being, I was, I was being funny. Like, now they're going to text you and ask you today. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no. Um, but yeah, so again, javenpitt at gmail.com. Um, you can also donate if you want to, to, um, Dollar sign, Javen Pitt, that's the cash app. Everything is going to help to continue to grow this business because it's it's here. It's not going anywhere. And with all the growth and the continual growth I'm going on, I will never run out of material. So you know what? I, I let me tell you, I am so glad it's it's I got to see you. I can see, you know, the difference, the growth. Uh, and I am so, so very proud of you, even though I thought you was a lot younger than you are. Uh, <laughs> blame, blame my daddy for that. Blame, blame my daddy for jeans, that. Good jeans, good jeans, good jeans. <laughs> but you, you are an inspiration. You are, I, I, I'm just so happy to be able to be a little part of this, to get you, get your name out there, to get people to see who you are and what you're about and what you're doing. Um, I'm honored that you would come on and you would sit and you would talk to me and share your vision with us. Um, we're going to, when you get everything together and your LLC going, we're going to have to bring you back on so that they can see the whole thing in full, in fruition. Um, I know that you're going places. Don't forget about us when you get there. <laughs> nah, I can never um, forget about home. But yeah, thank you. Next time you're in town, you need to come in the studio. You know, it's one thing to do it remotely, but it's a whole different vibe when you're under the lights. 
And so, oh, yeah. you know, we can For sit, sure. chop it up, talk. Uh, but I love you. Thank you so much for taking time out to come on our show. Um, and we're going to put all your information in the chat so people can see it and hear it. Um, this will be on Spotify tonight or tomorrow. You know, you can come back and watch it. If you missed it, you can come back and watch it on Facebook Live. Share it. Share it to your family. Share it to your friends because we want our men to heal. We want them to heal yes. and we want them to be out there and be a part of the children's lives. We want them to marry, be happy, you know, heal and be happy. The two H's, that's what we want. And I'm so glad that you're going to try and get them in that direction. So once again, it has been an honor. It's been an honor. It's been a minute, but it's also been an honor. So thank you for having me on. An hour goes fast, doesn't it? Man, for real. Like, I got <laughs> We yes. need to do these. We, okay. I need to come to the studio and just do it. Just we need to get that on. Yeah, I, I know. It. I know. We be having fun in here. We be having fun. <laughs> but thank you again, and we will talk to you later. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye.